Greetings, family. Welcome to today's Bible study. I'm very excited and happy to, to be here and have the opportunity to push and learn the Word of God and not look at TikTok or YouTube, which they want me to. The excitement to me is finding God and seeing how He works and how He demonstrates Himself on our behalf. He wants to demonstrate Himself in miracles and wonders abilities and perform and to believe in the impossible to believe that someone can change someone you talk to you can plant a seed and it can be fruition and change just by being you and having fun out there <clears throat> god is a good god he doesn't make things too hard for us we make things hard for ourselves in conditions and regulations and so forth so let's go ahead and thank god <laughs> You say, this guy's way out there, huh? Thank you, God, for my life just the way it is. Thank you, God, for today's reading. Help us, Lord God, zero in on what you would have us to do. <clears throat> Thank you for our voices, our eyes, our ears. Let us use them appropriately to your word, Lord, that we may be successful all the days of our life. We pray to, for the listeners that they will have success and prosperity and health, Lord, because that's your will, Father, as a father, you want pleasant pleasantness. You want to be pleased with us, Lord. And we ask you to bless the people that they be pleasing to you and taking care of themselves and enjoying life. In Jesus' name, amen. Reading today, Genesis chapter 3 to chapter 426 for January the 2nd. And I have Anna here with me. She'll be reading the second half. Here we go. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, Did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it too. At the moment, their eyes were open, and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sold seeds, fig, leaves together to cover themselves. When the cool of the evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord God called them to the man. Where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Who told you you were naked? The Lord God asked. Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I command you not to eat? The man replied, It was the woman you gave me who gave me the fruit, and I ate it. Then the Lord God asked the woman, What have you done? The serpent deceived me, she replied. That's why I ate it. 
Then the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all the animals, domestic and wild. You will crawl on your belly, groveling in the dust as long as you live. And I will cause hostility between you and the women and between your offsprings and her offsprings. I will strike your head and you will strike his heel. Then he said to the woman, I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy and in pain you will give birth and you will desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. And so the man said, Since you listened to your wife and ate from the tree, whose fruit I commanded you not to eat, the ground is cursed because of you. All your life you will struggle to scratch a living from it. It will grow thorns and twists for you, though you will eat of its grains. By the sweat of your brow you will have food to eat until you return to the ground from which you were made. For you were made from dust, and to dust you will return. Then the man Adam named his wife Eve because she would be the mother of all life. And the Lord God made clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife. Then the Lord God said, Look, the human beings have become like us, knowing both good and evil. What if they reach out, take fruit from the tree of life, and eat it? Then they will live forever. So the Lord God banished them from the Garden of Eden, and he sent Adam to out to cultivate the ground from which he had been made. After sending them out, the Lord God stationed mighty cherubim to the east of the Garden of Eden, and he placed a flaming sword that flashed back and forth to guard the way of the tree of life. Chapter 4, verse 1. Now Adam had sexual relationship with his wife Eve, and she became pregnant when she gave birth to Cain. She said, With the Lord's help, I have produced a man. Later she gave birth to his brother and named him Abel. When they grew up, Abel became a shepherd, while Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best of the firstborn land from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. Why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain, Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you, but you must subdue it and be its master. One day Cain suggested to his brother, Let's go out into the fields. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Afterwards, the Lord asked Cain, Where is your brother? Where is Abel? I don't know, Cain responded. Am I my brother's guardian? But the Lord said, What have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are cursed and banished from the ground, which has swallowed your brother's blood blood. No longer will the ground yield good crops for you, no matter how hard you work. From now on, you will be a homeless wanderer in the earth. Cain replied to the Lord, My punishment is too great for me to bear. You have banished me from the land, and from your presence you have made me homeless wanderer, 
Anyone who finds me will kill me. The Lord replied, No, for I will give you a sevenfold punishment. For I will give a sevenfold punishment to anyone who kills you. Then the Lord put a mark on Cain to warn anyone who might try to kill him. So Cain left the presence, the Lord's presence, and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Cain had sexual relationship with his wife, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Enoch. Then Cain found a city which he named Enoch after his son. Enoch had a son named Irod. Irod became the father of Mehuhael. Mehuhael became the father of Methuselah, Methushael. Methushael became the father of Lamech. Lamech married two women. The first was named Ada, and the second was Zillah. Ada gave birth to Jabal, who was the first of those who raised livestock and lived in tents. His brother was named Jubal, the first of all who played the harp and flute. Lamech's other wife, Zillah, gave birth to a son named Tubal-Cain. He became an expert in forging tools of bronze and iron. Tubal-Cain had a sister named Naamah. One day Lamech said to his wives, Ada and Zillah, Hear my voice, listen to me, you wives of Lamech. I have killed a man who attacked me, a young man who wounded me. If someone who kills Cain is punished seven times, then the one who kills me will be punished seventy-seven times. Adam had sexual relations with his wife again, and she gave birth to another son. She named him Seth, for she said, God has granted me another son in place of Abel, whom Cain killed. When Seth grew up, he had a son and named him Enosh. At that time, people first began to worship the Lord by name. Wow. Genesis describes how human moral innocence collapsed through rebellion. What God declared as very good was no longer completely so. Men and women ate the fruit that promised knowledge of good and evil and thus broke God's commands. Worse, they try to become like God and thus fell from their sinless state. Alienated from God, one another, and creation, they also became subject to death. The term original sin denotes sin's complete universal infiltration into individual lives and human society as a result of human rebellion. Note, I want to take you to this place where I see a lot of rebellion is uh, where he says... He says, sin is knocking at your door and it's crouching and waiting to spring on you. He says, but if you refused, he says, but if you refuse to do what is right, so we need to, to, that's where vulnerability, giving the benefit of the doubt, relaxing, that is more worthy to keep the peace than to rebel against somebody, try to teach them a lesson. That person may never learn. When you're rebelling against people, it's like rebelling against a tree. You ain't going to get anything across. Um, being the first one to make the peace is what we won't be in the danger of, uh, of sin taking over us or rebellion. Right here. Why are you so angry, the Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted wow. if you do what is right. Powerful. Okay, 
I all my life I want to be accepted by the Father God. I didn't know how to be accepted, and I would rebel and get mad because I didn't know how to get. All I wanted was to be at peace with my Father in heaven, and the twelve-step program showed me to slow down and to do that. But if you refuse to do what is right, I keep. Then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. See, sin is eager to control us, but you must subdue it and you must subdue it and be its master. Now, how do you subdue it that when sin is already infiltrated? We have all things are possible with God. You subdue it this way. I thank you, God, that I'm sinning. I thank you, God, that I'm a sinner. I thank you, God. When you do that. You're, at, you're calling for the higher powers, the God of the creation. You're actually allowing God to access your, your makeup, your innermost being, your soul and your spirit, and go in there and separate the two and get that control issue out of your life by admitting. He says, first agree with the, advisor, with the adversary. You're agreeing with it. Now you're saying you're thankful that you're being controlled by sin. What is that? See, the devil tells you that's the stupidest thing you can ever heard of. But God is telling you that you praise me for all things. I am God and there is no other. Look to me and be saved while you end of the world. That's why we look to the word of God and we're saved. Look to me. He's inside his word. And then we get strength. We thank God for our bad habits and our good. And eventually... You push those bad habits out of your way because God is good. You're calling on good. Anyway, I'm be, I'm going overboard. I'll rest my case for a minute. <laughs> let's go back and just reiterate. There is, that is scriptural. Um, because if you go to 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18, then you will see there that it says that um, that you should pray and, and be in thanksgiving. Be thankful for all things, I'm paraphrasing, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for your life. Okay, so what Fernando said, how do you control that sin? Well, you know, um, if by thanking God for a bad situation, many people can't grasp that. They're like, what? Thank God because it's bad? Yes. Why? You're acknowledging that you can't handle the problem for one. Number two, there's power in releasing the problem to God because guess what? He's all powerful and has great solutions. He'll dispatch the angels to come on site to help orchestrate a solution for you. And we're not solving it on our own strength. We are putting it at the throne of heaven. And you know that God is seated at the throne. He, nothing escapes him of what you're going through. Every detail he knows about you. So... That's why we thank him for all things. It's so easy, Fernando, to thank people when we are, things going good. I got money in the account. I'm getting along with people. I have a good job. I have a nice car. All the things that, you know, the blessings of God that, that come. But is it easy to thank God when you're, <clears throat> when you're having a difficulty in a relationship in a family when you see your uh, sister or your 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 brother addicted to alcohol, and you know they're cussing you out, <laughs> you know, yeah, is they're it, cussing you out. Yeah, is it easy? No, it's not. It's well, it's because your flesh want to say, uh, 
fire back. I learned that very early. It's like I would, the enemy would en engage me in back and forth with this spirit of alcohol. And I finally learned, no, I'm not going to respond anymore. And I'm going to forgive. I'm going to choose to forgive because I could be angry all my life over this. So anger in general, that is not good for our it's bodies. It's a trick from the enemy. Yes, huh? exactly. Wants you to respond hmm. and join them. Right, and fight. And, and sometimes you just got to put a little plug in your mouth and not, not speak anything bad. But the, uh, the answer to is to be thankful for how they are, just the way they are, because I can't change them. No one can change them. God can change hearts. And that's why we put the people and say, thank you, God, for so-and-so just the way they are. And you allow it to go into his hands so that he can he can fix it you know then then it takes it off of you and you you know we have to let go of resentments we have to let go of anger and we have to forgive people it's just what we got to do to stay healthy a healthy spirit a healthy body and doing the right thing and it's it i have to say that i wish i would have known this years back years back i would wish i would have known somebody somebody would have taught me this particular um concept not a concept but a, a principle that god has given us hey it's easy but you know sometimes we just don't know what to say we're we're hurting i understand that so we we say you know uh thank you god for my emotions that i'm feeling you start with thanking him about how what you're going through you know i thank you that i have that i repent from that thought or you say thank you god that you know um for them just the way they are you just start start with a little thank you Little by little, and it doesn't have to be such a big event, but try it with just little things. You lost your keys. Oh, thank you, God, I lost my keys. You keep thanking him, and you and you will see his power come in, and, and the Holy Spirit will guide you to where those keys are. We've done it many, many times here in this household, and it works. It works by thanking God for for the situations that make us feel you know helpless at times. So, you know, we must train ourselves to say, God, you're powerful, you, you're a deliverer, you're a healer, you're um, a restorer, you are my shepherd. You, you, we're putting it out there because God is all these things, the word says, and that's how we do it. And it's, it's a really hard concept, but practice it daily and you will see miracles. Um, one of the things that caught me at the very beginning after reading this um, is the beginning. It says, the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the God, the Lord God had made. Okay, so notice how the serpent came to tempt Eve and say, did God really say that you shouldn't touch that tree or eat from it um, in the garden? Um, and she said, of course, we may eat from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle that we can't, okay? So then, and she explains to him, well, God God said that I will die if we eat or touch it, okay? And what does a serpent come back with? You won't die. Your eyes are going to be open, okay? As soon as you eat it, you'll be like God knowing both good and evil. So he's saying, you're going to have all this wisdom. Go, you know, if you eat from there, you know, uh, you won't die. Where does that come from? Right now, in today's 
in today's days, um, the enemy comes in. I mean, we don't see a serpent coming in our house telling us those things. What we get is we get thoughts that are planted in our in our in our mind. So uh, we have to be really careful because he's really really subtle, um, especially when it comes to your identity and who you are. You know, um, he could have you start comparing yourself to others and start making you feel like you don't have worth. And he, he does it very subtly. So you have to be very careful to turn those thoughts around. And you say, well, what does God say about me? He says, I'm a child of God. I'm royalty. I'm a princess. He's given me all things that pertain to life and godliness. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You got to you got to turn those thoughts around. And, and when the enemy comes and says, oh, it's okay. You can have one drink. I know you've been sober for, for you know, for, for 12 years. You can have that drink. It's not going to hurt you. You don't have a problem. You know, those are the things. He comes in to tempt you to go in the direction of sin. So be real careful what thoughts you're allowing. You know, if we don't allow the thoughts to come and set in, then guess what? You're going to turn it around with the word of God. Take a scripture, find a scripture. You know, um, you get a bad report from the doctor and then all of a sudden these thoughts coming in, you know, that you're going to die and all these things. That's the enemy coming, planting the lies. That's, amen. That's because we have too much TV on us and not enough reading scripture. Yeah. You know, if you have enough scripture, it will come up and block that fear. It will block that. Hey, wait a minute. When the Word of God says all things are possible, I'm going to thank and praise God for this situation and learn to turn over. We were in a study last night, and that was the topic, let go and let God. And you got to just keep <clears throat> saying, keep on trying, <clears throat> keep on seeking, keep on knocking, learning how to turn those things over. Uh, you know, we we the anger and lust... You know, we can talk a lot about things and philosophize about the snake and the, this and that. We don't have that much time, guys. For me, the anger and the lust and the things that are, are, are pertinent for us to live is, is not to be controlled by these. If you're being controlled about these things, just start thanking God that you're controlled. And that's a way of saying you conquered it. That's the way it's rejoicing and act. we're actually acting in faith that we have the victory because we believe that there's a God that can do all things as possible. And you commit to it. You don't just thank God for two, three days and say, see, it didn't work. Right. It's the same thing. Other preachers say it. I am the righteous of God in Christ Jesus while you're looking at that pornography, while you're going through the actions, while you're drinking that beer, while you're, you're, you're spilling venom out of your mouth and cussing with somebody you get right. you say i thank god i did that act like it's a good thing and little by little you're injecting good the word of god you're injecting your choice to praise the most high god he will come in and his mercy little by little will start showering you with grace Amen. and strength to be disciplined to conquer it we're going to move on a little quicker and stuff. I just wanted to say on Matthew 7, 7, it says, Judge not, or you shall be judged. Or, or is it Matthew 7, 1? Uh, Stop judging others, and you will not be judged, for others will treat you as you treat them. That's what Anna was saying. If someone has to take the initiative 
And since we're, we know God, we know Jesus, we know Christ, as soon as we take the initiative, for others will treat you as you treat them. Whatever measure you use in judging others, it will be used to measure how you are judged. And why worry about your, your friends drinking or their stuff when we have anger and lust hiding in our hearts? First, let's fix ourselves up by thanking God that we have a problem. Okay, that's it screws the devil's theology when you do that. And the, hey, the devil says, you can't thank God for an evil thing. I said, why not? All things are possible. This is how we access God by taking control or giving our willpower over to God. We're giving our, our, our willpower over to God instead of the lust or the drink or the anger or the rage. It works, folks. It really does. What do you have to lose other than your pride? What do you have to lose if you start doing that? other than your theology or the way you see God should be. Well, then the God can't do that. That's what my usually reply I get. God isn't like that. I say, really? You know how God acts, huh? <laughs> God says, I can do anything. I can go anywhere. I can accomplish anything. Look to me and be saved, all you ends of the world, for I am God and there is no other. Isaiah 45, verse 22 or something like that. All right. Anna's be reading the... Okay. Okay, the book of Matthew. I just want to clarify. Um, on our last session, Genesis 1 that we read, uh, that's posted, um, I mentioned, well, I started to read Matthew and it started to talk about the dream that um, God gave to, to Joseph. And so I just want to say that um, I said that that was the first mention and it isn't. That's the, new, that's the New Testament. It's actually in the Old Testament of a first mention of a dream. So... The Holy Spirit brought that up, and I just wanted to clarify that. that where, where? It's in it's in Genesis, probably when uh, Jacob had the dream. Well, that's where we're, yeah. we haven't got to cut ahead of that. No, but when I read Matthew the other day, I talked about it. it was like, oh, the dreams and first mention, blah blah blah. Anyway. Oh, there you go, folks. Now you know what I got to deal with. <laughs> I have to be correct. Thank <laughs> God for my wife, just the way she is. Okay. But you know, she does bring a good point. God will teach us in dreams and visions, yes. and so you always want to be sharp on that thank you amen matthew 2 13 3 to 6 well there you are you're going to read it huh? yes after the wise men were gone an angel of the lord appeared to joseph in a dream get up flee to egypt with the child and his mother the angel said stay there until i tell you to return because herod is going to search for the child to kill him that night joseph left for egypt with the child and Mary and his mother. And they stayed there until Herod's death. This fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet, I called my son out of Egypt. Herod was furious when he realized that the wise men had outwitted him. He sent soldiers to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under, based on the wise men's report of the star's first appearance. Herod's brutal action fulfilled what God had spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. A cry was heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning. Rachel weeps for her children, refusing to be comforted, for they are dead. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. Get up, the angel said. 
Take the child and his mother back to the land of Israel because those who were trying to kill the child are dead. So Joseph got up and returned to the land of Israel with Jesus and his mother. But when he learned that the new ruler of Judea was Herod's son, Archelaus, he was afraid to go there. Then after being warned in a dream, he left for a region of Galilee. So the family went and lived in a town called Nazareth. This fulfilled what the prophets had said, he will be called a Nazarene. In those days, John the Baptist came to the Jew Judean wilderness and began preaching. His message was, repent of your sins and turn to God. For the kingdom of heaven is near. The prophet Isaiah was speaking about John when he said, He is a voice shouting in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. John's clothes were woven from coarse camel hair. He wore a leather belt around his waist. For food he ate locusts and wild honey. People from Jerusalem and from all of Judea and all over the Jordan Valley went out to see and hear John. And when they confessed their sins, he baptized them in the Jordan River. Amen. Powerful. Oh, I lost my place. It's wonderful to see how Anna has said about the dream. So, and one thing about us men, uh, be faithful like Joseph. Take care of the family. Work yes. hard. You know. Yes. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna be given in Christmas time a pair of socks and we have to buy them. So the little boy, there can't be no little boy or little uh, poor me, and competing with the raising of a family. You know, we had our time with our parents, and if we didn't have it, uh, tough luck. Uh, dedicated, being of service to the public, being of service to the family, is what men's roles are. A man always has money in his pocket. A man doesn't go to the welfare department. He goes out there and works for it. That's what I was taught. And it's such a good feeling to, to buy your own, treat your family. And what a satisfaction. God says that's the highest blessing and satisfaction a man will get is when you see all your brew around you and you're feeding them out of your own hard work and raising them. I, I believe where people go wrong with the kids is where they, they cut God off and they enjoy all the all the things he created and don't say, thank you, God, for my hiccups. Thank you, God. That, um, or, you know, or read his word and don't have enough of his word in the system to combat life and situations or kids. You know, children need to be disciplined. It's the Bible says that stupidity is wrapped around the heart's child, foolishness. And a rod will get it out, a little stick. You get them on the legs, say, take the trash, do your homework, beat them again when they get home, take the trash out, beat, beat them again. Beat, you won't not get a second chance when they're teens. You're not going to, you have let them run around and boss you around. You make them do their chores and uh, teach them how to earn money by nine years old from six to nine. That's your chance that you need to, and if the, if the wife, uh, uh, objects. That's a lot of us are mother love. We have got too much thinking that love is going to do it. Love without discipline is is people kill you. They'll turn around and kill you. 
They need roughage to be built up. Men need roughage, guys, on little girls. We need discipline as children. Talking from a guy that didn't get discipline. I had to get punched in the nose out in the streets. I did not have any discipline. I grew up with no discipline. No love. We didn't even have love. We had. We were wild. Our grandma says those children are wild. They're raising up with no love. She came to visit us. And here we are. Wild as can be. <laughs> okay. Sorry, babe. Yeah, that's okay. But uh, one of the things I, I loved about Joseph in reading this was uh, how obedient he was when he did get a dream. You know, he was warned, get out. I mean, that's like you said, he's protecting his family. So he, Joseph, obviously knew the Holy Spirit, you know, and he knew God because inside of himself already, um, because he, he listened, okay? What, you know, what if he would have said, oh, well, I don't believe in dreams, uh -huh. okay? All right. He'd be in a different place right now. So I was just giving thanks for Joseph's obedience. You know, he, the spirit of God was inside of him, and he, 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 he adhered to what you know. He took heed to the word and obeyed um, when he was given um, those dreams. Uh, and I also like the way it talks about how some of these things are fulfilling the prophet, the prophetic that the prophets had spoken earlier. You know, here it says, uh, when Joseph left for Egypt, um, they stayed there until Herod's death and said, this fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet. I called my son out of Egypt. Powerful, powerful prophetic um, prophets that had spoken. I, I love that. Um, so, Anyway, um, I think that's that's good, and we then we get John the Baptist coming in and saying, you know, that the kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins, and he was preparing the way of the Lord, and that's where we're headed next. Amen. I just want to say the last verse in verse six. And when they confessed their sins, he baptized them in the Jordan River. Amen. When I say I thank you, God, that I'm sinning in lust, I'm confessing my sin. And then I am being baptized spiritually with what? Wisdom, peace, uh, sanctification. I have gone to the right source in righteousness when I thank God for a problem. I switched over to the other kingdom, to a spiritual kingdom. And if you keep doing it, you're going to get baptized, permanently sanctified, <laughs> and restored. We've been restored to our natural state. We're being restored. And it's a beautiful thing that all of a sudden, all these problems, all these bad habits, all this sin, it can, can become a treasure throw. Kind of hard to believe, huh? All things are possible, guys. Get excited. I tell the guys, get your, your blessing machine gun on, excuse me, or your blessing machine gun uh, voice and start uh, talking to all your, your situation. I thank God for you. I thank God for that. I thank God. And you'd be surprised how they'll back off and fall and you'll be baptized with goodness and mercy and kindness and love and sufficiency and adventure and peace and laughter and shame will, will go away. You got a problem with shame? Thank God you got a problem with shame. The lesson, you're going to be 
able to tell others about it. So it becomes a lesson. Everything becomes a lesson for, for us to help others. All right, I'll, I'll stop drinking coffee and I'll keep my day job. He will be called a Nazarene. And if you haven't seen The Chosen, it'll touch your heart, The Chosen. Please make it a... Thank God you haven't seen The Chosen. <laughs> Anna? Okay, so Psalm 2, verses 1 to 12. Why are the nations so angry? Why do they waste their time with futile plans? The, king, the kings of the earth prepare for battle. The rulers plot together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Let us break their chains, they cry, and free ourselves from slavery to God. But the one who rules in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. Then in anger he rebukes them, terrifying them with his fierce fury. For the Lord declares, I have placed my chosen king on the throne in Jerusalem on my holy mountain. The king proclaims the Lord's decree. The Lord said to me, you're my son. Today I've become your father. Only ask and I will give you the nations as your inheritance. The whole earth as your possession. You will break them with an iron rod and smash them like clay pots. Now then, you kings, act wisely. Be warned, your rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with reverent fear and rejoice with trembling. Submit to God's royal son or he will become angry. And you will be destroyed in the midst of all your activities. For his anger flares up in an instant. But what joy... For all who take refuge in him. Amen. And Proverbs 1, 7-9. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and discipline. My child, listen when your father corrects you. Don't neglect your mother's instruction. What you learn from them will crown you with grace. And be a chain of honor around your neck. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. It's the easier, softer way, folks, to uh, thank God for situations. And if you don't think that's scriptural or theological, let me ask you this. How's it working for you now? Of course, if you have a good system and it's working in your life, I certainly wouldn't ask you to change it, right? If you have peace with your Father in Heaven and you control all these uh, dynamic issues that are coming to a human being and you're able to put them under subjection through the Word of God, you're fine. But those of us who are, are wild and crazy and are, and are out there and not living a purposeful life, or if you're bored, lonely, frustrated, even sick, poverty, just start thanking God that you're in those situations so you can see a marvelous God work. And then you say, well, it's not working for Nando. Well, you, the, the, the idea is you're, you're not dedicated enough. You, you're not sold on the idea. You're giving it lip service. We've been doing... Anyway, I thank God for you just the way you are. Well, got to go. Here comes the uh, gardeners. They're the boss here. They'll start to... 
Hey, by the way, I pray for gardeners. I had gardeners now for going 10 years. God gave me free gardeners. Isn't that beautiful? Uh, you got a couple of minutes. I'm done. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today's word. Thank you for subjecting us under the word of God. And we say yes and amen, Lord. Be it unto us according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father, for keeping us safe in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, everyone, for coming in today's Bible study. We're gonna, we are reading Genesis 8 to chapter 10, verse 32. And it's on January the 4th of the 365-day Bible. We're, we're plugging in ones that we haven't, we believe we haven't recorded yet so we can get the whole Bible in. All 66 books. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, Lord God, for your great honor and glory. You said you will bless those who seek you and you will glorify your name through them for the Gentiles, Lord, through Jesus Christ, Lord. Thank you for using us, Lord God, to touch people's lives, Lord. Thank you for giving us second chances in all areas of our life. Thank you for being a good father, Lord. Thank you for keeping us safe in Jesus' name. Amen. Today's study is focusing on Genesis 8, 21 and 22, on those verses. And 21, 22 say, uh, says, And the Lord was pleased with the aroma of the sacrifice and said to himself, oh, I will never again curse the ground because of the human race, even though everything they think or imagine is bent towards evil from childhood. I will never again destroy all living things. As long as the earth remains, there will be planting and harvest, coal and heat, summer and winter, day and night. Note, Noah and his family were delivered into an opportunity to start over. This will not be the last time God does this. Countless times throughout the Bible, we see God showing men and women his love and patience in order to save them. Although he realizes that their hearts are evil, he continues trying to reach them. When we sin or fall away from God, we deserve God's judgment, which would destroy us. But God has promised never again to destroy everything on earth until the day when Christ returns to judge evil and destroy it forever. Now, every change of season, every new day reminds us of his solemn promise. But there are also joyous reminders of God's long-lasting patience. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent, 2 Peter 3.9. Let each new day of God's grace remind you to repent and rejoice in God's patience love. Amen. Uh, I'm just going to read it. Would you like to comment right now on that? Okay, I just wanted to say that uh, God's grace and love will increase with us thanking him. For our lives and we're more grateful and grateful grateful being grateful produces more love and more love produces more gratitude so it's kind of like success breeds success amen reading of genesis 8 but god remembered noah and all the wild animals and livestock from him in the boat he sent a wind to blow across the earth and the floodwaters began to recede the underground water stopped flowing and the torrential rains from the sky were stopped. So the flood waters gradually receded from the earth 
after 150 days, exactly five months from the time the flood began. And the boat came to rest on the mountain of Ararat. Two and a half months later, as the waters continued to go down, other mountain peaks became visible. After another 40 days, Noah opened the windows he had made in the boat and released a raven. The bird flew back and forth until the flood waters on the earth had dried up. He also released a dove to see if the waters had receded and it could find dry ground. But the dove could not find no place to land because the water still covered the ground. So it returned to the boat, and Noah held out his hands and drew the dove back inside. After waiting another seven days, Noah released the dove again. This time, the dove returned to him in the evening with a fresh olive leaf in its peak. Beak. Then Noah knew that the floodwaters were almost gone. He waited another seven days and then released the dove again. This time it did not come back. Noah was now 601 years old. On the first day of the new year, ten and a half months after the flood began, the floodwaters had almost dried up from the earth. Noah lifted back the covering of the boat and saw that the surface of the ground was drying. Two more months went by, and at last the earth was dry. Then God said to Noah, Leave the boat, all of you, you and your wife and your sons and their wives. Release all the animals, the birds, the livestock, and the small animals that scurry along the ground so they can be fruitful and multiply throughout the earth. So Noah, his wife, and his sons and their wife left the boat, and all the Large and small animals and birds came out of the boat pair by pair. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, and there he sacrificed a burnt offering, the animals and birds that had been approved for that purpose. And the Lord was pleased with the aroma of the sacrifice and said to himself, I will never again curse the ground because of the human race, even though everything they think or imagine is bent toward evil from childhood. I will never again destroy all living things. As long as the earth remains, there will be planting and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night. Chapter 9 Then God blessed Noah and his sons and told them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, all the animals of the earth, all the birds of the sky, all the small animals that scurry along the ground, and all the fish in the sea will look on you with fear and terror. I have placed them in your power. I have given them to you for food, just as I have given you grain and vegetables. But you must never eat any meat that still has the lifeblood in it. And I will require the blood of anyone who takes another person's life. If a wild animal kills a person, it must die. And anyone who murders a fellow human must die. If anyone takes a human life, that person's life will also be taken by human hands. For God made human beings in his own image. Now be fruitful and multiply and repopulate the earth. Then God told Noah and his sons, I hereby confirm my covenant with you and your descendants and with all the animals that were on the boat with you, the birds, the livestock, and all the wild animals, every living creature on the earth. Yes, I am confirming my covenant with you. 
Never again will floodwaters kill all living creatures. Never again will a flood destroy the earth. Then God said, I am giving you a sign of my covenant with you and with all living creatures for all generations to come. I have placed my rainbow in the clouds. It is a sign of my covenant with you and with all of the earth. When I send clouds over the earth, the rainbow will appear in the clouds, and I will remember my covenant with you, with all living creatures. Never again will the floodwaters destroy all life. When I see the rainbow in the clouds, I will remember the eternal covenant between God and every living creature on earth. Then God said to Noah, Yes, this rainbow is the sign of the covenant I am confirming with all the creatures on earth. The son of Noah, the sons of Noah who came out of the boat with their father were Sham, Ham, and Japhet. Ham is the father of Canaan. From there, three sons of Noah came all the people who now populate the earth. After the flood, Noah began to cultivate the ground and he planted a vineyard. One day he drank some wine he had made, and he became drunk and lay naked inside his tent. Ham, the father of Canaan, saw that his father was naked and went outside and told his brothers. Then Cham and Japhet took a robe, held it over their shoulders, and backed into the tent and covered their fathers. As they did this, they looked the other way so they would not see him naked. When Noah woke from his stupor, he learned that what Ham, his youngest son, had done. Then he cursed Canaan, the son of Ham. May Canaan be cursed. May he be the lowest servant of his relatives. Then Noah said, May the Lord, the God of Shem, be blessed, and may Canaan be his servant. May God expand the territory of Japheth. May Japheth share the prosperity of Shem, and may Canaan be his servant. Noah lived another 350 years after the great flood. He lived 950 years, and then he died. Chapter 10. This is the account of the families of Shem, Ham, and Japheth, the three sons of Noah. Many children were born to them after the great flood. The descendants of Japheth were Gomer, Magog, Madai, Javan, Tubal, Meshesh, and Tidus. The descendants of Gomer were Ashkenaz, Riphat, and Togarma. The descendants of Javan were Elishash, Tarshish, Kirim, and Rodanim. Their descendants became the seafaring people that spread out to various lands, each identifying by its own language, clan, and national identity. The descendants of Ham were Cush, Misraim, Put, and Canaan. The descendants of Cush were Siva, Havila, Sapta, Rama, Saptika. The descendants of Rama were Sheba and Dida, Dan. Cush was the ancestor of Nimrod, who was the first heroic warrior on earth. Since he was the greatest hunter in the world, his name became proverbial. People would say, this man is like Nimrod, the greatest hunter in the world. He built his kingdom in the land of Babylon with the cities of Babylon, Eric, Akkad, and Kalni. From there, he expanded his territory to Assyria, building the cities of Nineveh, 
Rehobot, Ir, Kala, and Rezin, the great city located between Nineveh and Kala. Mizraim was the ancestor of the Ludites, Anamites, Lehabites, Naphtulites, Naphtuhites, Pafrusites, Kash, Kasluhites, and the Kaptorites. From there the Philistines came. Canaan's oldest son was Sidon, the ancestor of the Sidonians. Canaan was also the ancestor of the Hittites, Jebusites, Amorites, Girgashites, Hivatites, Archites, Sinatites, Aberdites, Semerites, and Hamathites. The Canaanite clans eventually spread out, and their territory of Canaan extended from Sidon in the north to Gerar and Gaza in the south, and east as far as Sodom, Gomorrah, Admah, and Sebolim near Lasha. These were the descendants of Ham, identified by clan, language, territory, and national identity. Sons were also born to Shem, the older brother of Japheth. Shem was the ancestor of all the descendants of Eber. The descendants of Shem were Elam, Ashur, Apkadat, Lud, and Aram. The descendants of Aram were Uz, Hu, Gether, and Mash. Arpakas was the father of Shelah, and Shelah was the father of Eber. Eber had two sons. The first was named Peleg, which means division, for during his lifetime the people of the world were divided into different languages groups. His brother name was Joktan. Joktan was the ancestor of Almodad, Shilip, Hasar Mavet, Jera, Hadoram, Uzu, Dikla, Oba, Abimael, Sheba, Ofer, Habila, and Jobab. All these were descendants of Joktan. The territory they occupied extended from Mesha all the way to Sephar in the eastern mountains. These were the descendants of Shem, identified by clan, language, territory, and national identity. These are the clans that descended from Noah's sons, arranged by nation according to their line of descent. All the nations of the earth descended from these clans after the great flood. Wow, interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, would you like to comment or you want me to go first? Go first. Let's see what you pick up. Uh, one of the things I picked up right away was uh, Jesus. When G when the, in John where it says, Jesus did not give himself over to people for he knew what their hearts were about. Mm -hmm. And right here where God says, I know they, they're always bent on doing evil with yes. their imagination mm -hmm. from childhood. Mm, yeah. I will not, again, destroy all living things. So with that said, he knew that the, the persons, they can be your friends right away, but they can, they're bent on evil. Mm -hmm. uh, so Jesus said, I will give them mercy and salvation, even though as they're always bent on evil. So that's mm -hmm. where Romans says that, you know, he saved me while I was a sinner. Mm. You know, we we just acknowledge him that we need help to get out of this drowning pool yes, that we're yeah. in. You know, there can be no pride, no no nothing on us. That's where I saw that Jesus picked that up. Yeah, and one thing I remember, we saw something. Uh, we were watching some teaching, and it was talking about a lot of the issues. That people are going through is because of rejection. Remember that? Uh -huh. I, I forget what, what we were watching, but we were 
learning about that. And, and yeah, so a lot of our hurts uh, from childhood, whether it's not feeling good enough, not feeling loved enough, not feel, you know, getting addicted to something um, stems from some of the root issues uh, back when we grew up, you know, maybe life wasn't being spoken into our spirit at that point. Maybe, okay, maybe we weren't born again at that point, but, you know, words do, do matter when you speak them over your kids or your spouse or your, you know, daughter, whatever, um, you know, we must, we must remember that that causes problems later and it could, it could either change us into the path of destiny that God's called us for, or it could make us veer off the road to the wrong place and become evil, like the world is. Amen. You know, you bring a very interesting point because uh, either they're going to curse the curse the darkness that's already there and we're already struggling with it. Mm. Like we don't, when alcoholic anonymous, we don't we don't talk to or talk down. To an alcoholic, he knows already he's an alcoholic. Mm. So when you talk to a sinner or a kid, he knows already he's he's bad. You don't have to be, and that's the problem. People beat, try to beat the truth into a person mm. that he's already a sinner. <laughs> and what? How good does that work for you? How you end up uh, bringing up twisted uh, adults because of the uh, the application was wrong. You know what the application would have been? Like Anna just said, good establishing prophecies mm -hmm. over. Amen. Yes. Even though they're messing up, no, you're a yeah. good child because mm -hmm. they have the ability mm -hmm. to choose good. You're a good person. You're always doing good, and they're in their mind. They say, <laughs> and then you keep believing it. If you say it five times, you believe it, and all of a sudden, you're producing a blessing over the child, a covering of words, mind yes. you. Yes. A blessing. It, yeah, and then the per they haven't got saved yet. Mm -hmm. They haven't come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, but. We're we're at we're we're wetting their appetite. We're blessing the good, the little light we have in us, so it can outglow the darkness. That Jesus said that our our hearts are continually corrupt and imagining evil. As they say, you're not responsible for the first thought that come into your head, or you're not responsible for that bird. You're responsible for that bird or that thought that lands on your head. Yes. If that Don't. bird starts to make a nest right. that, and you, you play with it, say, for right. instance, you want to drink, you want to do uh, cheat and lie and steal and so forth, then that's when the sin is setting in. But Jesus, you know, you, our responsibility is to, is to say, uh, thank you, God, I'm a misfit. That will knock it off if you keep fighting it, fighting it. Thank you, God. I'm a, it says right here, I will never again curse the ground because of the human race, even though yeah, everything yeah. they think or imagine is bent towards evil from childhood. Mm -hmm. There you go, guys. That's why we have our emotions fly off and mm -hmm. things are out of whack. Yeah. And we know it, but there's that we can't do it. the way we apply situations to. I'm belittling the point. I'm sorry. The way we apply the thing that's the problem. The way you apply children is you you speak to them like they're a computer. Hmm. You know, if you do these actions, this is going to happen. If you do those actions, those are going to happen. You give them a choice. Hmm. You don't. Point at them, demand at them, yell at them. Mm -hmm. You talk to them like they're your your 
programming a computer because that's exactly what they are. They're computers. Amen. I said enough. Yeah, and I'll just add to yours. I'm sorry. We'll just stay on this topic. But um, I believe um, it's like in our mind, we don't want to empower the other side, the dark side. Correct. But we want to put the light in with what God says about you. Because it says clearly here that we are made in this image. Um, mm. I, I don't know. I read it somewhere. We covered here. quite a bit. Yeah. Um, but it, because we're made in this image, um, you know, what, what does God say about you? You know, maybe that you were spoken to um, the wrong way when you were growing up because our parents only did the best they could. Okay, so release any unforgiveness you have in that area and march towards, well, wait a minute, who am I? What does God say about me? God doesn't say I'm a loser. God doesn't say that I'll never amount to anything. God says I'm victorious in Christ. God says that, um, you know, I'm under a blessing and not a curse. You know, God said that I'm beautifully and wonderfully made. So you go back to the word of God and you empower yourself to 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 cast out those thoughts that are coming into your head that are from the enemy. You know, you cast out uh, every thought um, into the obedience of Christ, okay? Uh, whether it's healing, you know, you, you say to yourself, well, Jesus said, by his stripes I'm healed. So you begin to meditate on the kingdom words. And that, we got to do it every day. We got to fill our mind every day, our spirit, needs the spiritual food you know to prosper you know we want to prosper in our health prosper in our spirit and prosper on this earth as it is in heaven so um you know words matter and we gotta you know no matter what happened to us in the past we gotta make a shift in our mindset don't empower the lie empower the blessing that amen. you're under amen okay all right so that was that was just adding to that let me go ahead and add a little more now that I got, I was able to take a, thank you. Um, this, this comment over here with the New Living Testament says in the 365 Bible, which I recommend you get, uh, it says that, uh, and it always baffled me through the years, you know, let us, let each new day of God's grace remind you to repent and rejoice in God's patient love. For one thing, I took repentance to a level where I was useless and I didn't feel good. You know, I was always repenting, repenting. You can go overboard on that repenting things. Um, so it's a, it's an idea that's elusive. Um, so it's very, you know, it's already the idea is already leaving me. I had a point there that uh, the fact is, is that I, I right away, I start praising the Lord when I do something. I feel like I've done something wrong, you know. And I thank you, God, I did that. I thank you, God, I did it. Because we're already forgiven, right? Amen. Why should I, I go ahead and go through the repentance uh, procedure when all I have to do is breathe in the grace of God? Amen. That's wonderful. Good you point. Know? The way, yeah, I like that. Breathe in the grace of God. Breathe in the grace of God. So yes. The Holy Spirit was telling me, Raise your hand and praise me and thank me and worship me. And boom, you start getting good ideas right away, one right after the other, as we praise them and thank them. So what a blessing it is to be acknowledging and born again. So one of the ways to get born again, you say, 
you do repent in the beginning. You say, I repent of my ways. I'm sorry for my conduct the way I've been. If you're truly sorry for your conduct and you ask Jesus to come into your heart and save you, because we can't save ourselves, then you have come into the kingdom of God. You acknowledge God and and it's available there for you. And that's what God's desire, the Father desires that none of us lose our eternal salvation through this because salvation is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. Amen and amen. Whew. Yeah. Um, and one of the things when we do repent, if you're a believer in Christ, like Fernando said, you thank God that you missed the mark. Yeah. Because we're not going to be perfect. Okay, we're going to, you know, be in traffic and get upset or be frustrated at the person over, like me, and get frustrated sometimes over the phone when I'm not getting quality service. So, uh, you know, thank God it's covered by the blood. And that's what you're, you're zeroing back in and you're turning your mind back towards God. You know, repent means turn your mind towards God. Okay. And so now, you know, I'm acknowledging, hey, I have a Savior. He's already forgiven me for that. But let me turn my thoughts back on God so that it doesn't consume me with condemnation. Right. So uh, now I'm, I'm, you know, I'm operating with God. We're working together. Yeah. I could do better. Help me, God, do better. You're really still, you know, you're you're not, you know, when we pray, we pray already knowing that we're covered by the blood. Amen. Knowing that you... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, God, for confirming your word there. Um, but the, the point is that... Um, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're acknowledging the finished work of Christ already has, has given us the victory over this problem, right? So, um, don't, we don't have to plead in our prayer and say, Oh Lord, forgive me. Da, 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 da. Okay. You're repenting, but acknowledge Jesus covered you at the cross already. He already did the work for you to be forgiven past, present, future. So, um, walk, walk, from the victory you already have, not trying to get the victory. You know, just, I guess the easiest way for me to say it is, you know, Jesus did the work already. He's covered you. He's forgiven you. Walk in your forgiveness. And, you know, you, you'll you do better next time. Knowing that you're not, um, you know, that he's he's done the work for you. And you don't have to spend time beating yourself up. Condemnation. Okay, I hope that drove that home. Amen. So you can see our standpoint is we uh, very process of uh, repent in the beginning. I don't like the way my life is going. I know it was made in the God's image. Like it says right here, for God made human beings in his own image. And that's why I feel guilty and shame and all this is because of my actions. I'm made in God's image mm -hmm. and my, my imagination burn on evil yeah. or, or my imagination is, is doing... The after effect, you know, the problem of the after effect really, really tears us apart. A lot of people kill themselves because they can't stop. And it has a simple solution. Is, is God forgive me, enter my heart. Now the maintenance occurs. The maintenance is to keep thanking God that you're, that you're messing up. Sounds strange, huh? Thank you, God, I messed up on this one. You see, you're not going to have the shame and the guilt anymore. If the like Anna said, if the shame and the guilty occurs, that's from the devil. He's trying to yeah. keep you in a box. You've been freedom. You've been liberated. So, the fact is that we'll always be in prone to sin.
to fly off the handle. Get it? So relax. Take a deep breath. Say, thank you, God, I'm a misfit. Woohoo! And feel the joy and the love of God. Hook, lock, and load, and go places and do yeah. things. Amen. Yeah, one thing I just wanted to note here in 22, it says, um, I will never again destroy all living things. Okay, it's the end of 21. But it says, as long as the earth remains, there will be planting and harvest. Okay, you finish it. It says, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night. Okay, this is a word for today. So now we're looking at what's happening in our world today. We're hearing all this shortage of this, shortage of that, all this fear. And we can go back to the Word of God and say that, we'll, you know, as long as the earth remains, okay, that's until Jesus comes back and um, makes things right. But uh, it says here, there will be planting and harvest. Okay, so that means... Expect the harvest. Expect that we're going to have the supply we need if we enter into a famine. You know, things happen. You know, that there is... God is not going to sit here and just pull the plug. Because he says here, never again will I do these things. And it's like the covenant. Um, you know, he's made a covenant with us. And he's... I love the way he just keeps repeating his covenant. Now, when we say word covenant, what is a covenant, Fernando? What, do you, what does that come to you when we ask the word covenant? What is the meaning of that? What do you what do you take from that when God says, "Hey, Fernando, I've made a covenant with you"? What what is what does that mean? Oh, that's beautiful. Uh, the, the covenant means is every time you see the rainbow in the air, you know. Remember, I have cut out a covenant with you. Every time you see the right. the cross in the sky, in the uh, in the electric lines, I have made a covenant to you with Jesus Christ being on the cross. You know, it's, it's kind of ironic that all these telephone poles have all kinds of crosses all over the nation. You know, every time you see, you see your covenant that God is is, is did everything He could to extend that love for us. Like it says right here, um, He. I will never again curse the ground because of the human race, even though everything they think or imagine is bent towards evil from childhood. So he sent a cure for us for that problem, and that cure is Jesus Christ, and by his blood we're cured. We're back to his holy image, kind of. <laughs> you know, the more we read the word of God, the more love we get, and the more love we are, the, more, the closer we are to him. And the more he can move in our behalf. And that's a, that finances there too. Emotional stability, happiness, joy, spontaneity. That you get a feeling that everything is going to be all right. Everything in the past is all right. And it's all right here. Every situation we ever done in the past is done away. You know, if we keep bringing things up. And using our faith in reverse is because we have pride, ego, self-sufficiency. We don't. Uh, we haven't let God be God, and we haven't done the exercise to to remap, vamp our emotions, our habits, and our minds. You see, we have to develop our constructive thinking with new habits. Every time you mess up, you thank God you messed up. It's an opportunity to let God come in and help you. 
we will be rewarded for saying, thank you, God, I messed up. And, and it's a full circle prayer like this one homeless man that we talked to today. I've been talking to. I told him, thank God you're out here sleeping in the cement and with your little carriage there. And he goes, okay, I ain't got nothing to lose. And later on, I've seen him four days later, and he says, that's a full circle prayer. He goes, I don't have to discuss and tell him the details he already knows. I get right down to the nitty-gritty, and I'm acting in faith. I'm thanking God I'm a misfit. You understand? It's The, the final picture is, is the fruit. We get to the fruit right away. Amen. Would you like to read our New uh, Testament now? Uh, yes. Thank you for covering that covenant thing. Yeah, it's we can, It's already it's, been taught very well all yeah. around the world. Okay. Um, let's see. Matthew. Is it Matthew? It's a Matthew uh, 4, 12 to 25. And it says, When Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He first went to Nazareth, then left there and moved to Capernaum besides the Sea of Galilee, in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali, Naphtali, I think, I think. This fulfilled what God said through the prophet Isaiah. In the land of Zebulun and Naphtali, besides the sea, beyond the Jordan River, in Galilee, where so many Gentiles live, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And, the, and for those who lived in the land where death cast its shadow, a light has shined. From then on, Jesus began to preach, repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. One day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. A little farther up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father Zebedee repairing their nets, and he called them to come, too. They immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. News about him spread as far as Syria, and people soon began bringing to him all who were sick, and whatever their sickness or disease, if they were demon-possessed or epileptic or paralyzed, he healed them all. Large crowds followed him wherever he went. People from Galilee, the ten towns, Jerusalem, from all over Judea, and from the east of the Jordan River. Okay, hey, that's it. I guess I finished there. Amen. Okay. I really enjoyed that scripture yeah. in chapter 4, 23. Jesus uh -huh. traveled throughout the region of Galilee, uh -huh. teaching in the synagogues, uh -huh. okay? Yes. Announcing the good news yes. about the kingdom, and he healed every kind of disease and illness. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, for strengthening us and teaching us what the Holy Spirit would want us to focus on. So many areas we can go. Lord, I just want to say, Lord, that your purpose and your will be done in our lives. Lord, we ask you to heal emotions, heal any sickness, Jesus, heal any illnesses. We command that sickness to leave those bodies. We command you sickness. Get You've been defeated by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. The kingdom of God is at hand. Amen. Where people are restored, yes. renewed. Yes. Amen. And they're in the right standing in the kingdom of God. In Amen. Jesus' name, we speak grace unto you. Yes, grace, glory, grace. glory, glory unto you. Be made whole in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Yeah, isn't that uh, funny that the uh, the prophecy of Naphtali yeah. and Zebulon, mm-hmm. uh, people had to say it over and over again in the synagogues for hundreds of years, and then it came to pass yeah. when Jesus came, and he just walked right into that prophecy. He was the prophet, and if you ha- and take a look at the chosen on YouTube, the uh, the chosen series of the Bible on YouTube for free. Uh, beautiful, beautiful way of them illustrating the New Testament. And one thing I want to point out is, is he said he tried, like Fernando, we're just, I'm just going to comment on your part. He said that uh, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news. Mm. Okay, so the good news is I am right before you. I am your shepherd. I am your healer. I am your provider. I am, I, I am the light of the world. So if you look at that, it's like when you, what you're hearing, your spirit's going to receive it so easily. When it's, come, when it's the truth about the word of God, it's going to flow right in your spirit and you're going to begin to believe what you're hearing. So be careful about the other side of the gospel, you know, that you're, that you have to, you know, you know, you did this, so now you're going to be, you know, you don't have your salvation anymore. You have to stay focused on the good news. Good news means good news. That means the kingdom, like you said, the kingdom um, is at hand. Even on this earth, as all this is taking place around you, there is still some, some good news to be released. You know, though Jesus is still on the throne and he's, um, he's taking care of us. You know, he's protecting us. He's providing for us, and he's healing us in this time today. So because the scripture says it, that's our truth. Yes, there's other things that are taking place. That might be a fact, but the truth always overrides the fact. We, we, we uh, receive the kingdom. The kingdom at hand is when you see a healing, when you pray for someone and they become healed. That means the kingdom came down and, um, you know, Zero in on the good news, because that's and remember it has, it has to line up with the word of God. It is God's will for you to be well. It is God's will for your soul and health to prosper, even you know, no matter what the symptoms are. Okay, it is God's will for you to be blessed, so that you can carry on the gospel to the to the people around that He puts in your path. So, you know, we have to we have to zero in. The news has bad news. That's just the way it is. They're reporting the news, okay? Uh, you hardly ever have any feel-good stories there, okay? So just be careful about what you're, what you're placing inside your spirit 
you know, that makes you look at everything as bad news. No, Jesus is the hope, the blessed hope, the scripture says, and he is our hope. He is our life and life more abundantly. He said that in his word. And so good news means good news. Good's coming. Good's going to happen to you. Get in the word. Receive your promises. Um, take your place in the covenant that says you're forgiven. Take your place under the covenant that says you're blessed. Take your place under the covenant that says that you're healed. Take your place and, and walk in it. Amen. 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 You know, uh, as Anna was talking, I just got a, a picture. A lot of us, like, we need a blueprint. And my blueprint that came to me is, is you see the the ocean waves and the kids playing in the ocean waves with their inner tubes and their their surfboards and everything. And as the wave comes, it'll push an inner tube into the shore to safe safety, right? So when our problems come with us thanking God that we're in the kingdom of God, that problem will push us into the safety shore. You know, if we let go and relax and let God and let's stop struggling with, with worry, with words, and we keep saying the same problem over and over again, we put weight on us and the and the problem cannot push us to its destination. If, you know, it's really beautiful and it does work and it happens. Um, the news Bible, the good news Bible says, Jesus started his ministry with the same message people had heard from John the Baptist. Repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Jesus preached the gospel, the good news, to everyone who wanted to hear it. The good news is that the kingdom of heaven has come, that God is with us, and that he cares for us. God can heal us, not just physically, but spiritually as well. There's no sin or problem too great or too small for him to handle. Jesus' words were good news because they offered freedom, hope, peace of heart, and eternal life with God. The message is the same today as when Jesus and John gave it. Turning to God means turning away from ourselves, our self-centeredness, and independence. It means turning our life over to God God's direction and control. What are you? What are you facing that you can submit to God's guidance? What am I facing that I can submit to God's guidance? Well, what I'm facing is my old hurts, my uh, productivity. Sometimes I have to feel like I'm doing something. I'm going somewhere. I'm getting ahead with God. I'm. I mean something for this earth. How many people? Don't take their lives because they feel like their lives are meaningless. And all God wants to do is for us to put a smile and enjoy this earth and high-five another individual that life is good. Amen. You know, we don't have to be the, the warrior winner like Nimrod. Amen. So there you go. Thanking God for the good news, the hope, the peace, the heart, and eternal life with God. Letting go and letting God and... Praising him for the problems that will push us to shore and they will dissipate. That has been our experience, guys. Okay, we're going to be reading the Psalms right now. We're going to be praying the Psalms. It says, We lift our troubles to the Lord through Psalms 4. Let this Psalm guide our hearts in peace 
as we trust in God's provision. Okay, so Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, for all our troubles, our pains, our hurts, and situations. We thank you, Lord God, that we give them over to you, Lord, that you care for us and you, and you, you hold us in your hands, Lord. We thank you for Psalm 4. Amen. Would you like to read this? Or, uh... Yes, I would. don't have a problem. Let me read that. Good. Okay. Uh, you don't Psalm... have a problem. No. It worked. Yeah. Psalm 4, 1 to 8. It says, lift your troubles to the Lord through Psalm 4. Let the psalm guide your heart to peace as you trust in God's provision. Amen. Okay. Answer me when I call to you, O God, who declares me innocent. Free me from my troubles. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. How long will you people ruin my reputation? How long will you make groundless accusations? How long will you continue your lies? You can be sure of this. The Lord set apart the godly for himself. The Lord will answer when I call to him. Don't sin by letting anger control you. Think about it overnight and remain silent. Offer sacrifices in the right spirit and trust the Lord. Many people say, who will show us better times? Let your face smile on us, Lord. You have given me greater joy than those who have abundant harvest of grain and new wine. In peace I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, will keep me safe. Amen. And the Proverbs 1, 20-23. Wisdom shouts in the streets. She cries out in the public square. She calls to the crowds along the main street. To those gathered in front of the city gate. How long, you simpletons, will you insist, insist on being simple-minded? How long will you mockers relish your mocking? How long will you fools hate knowledge? Come and listen to my counsel. I'll share my heart with you and make you wise. Amen, amen and amen. Thank you, everyone, for coming in today's study. We love you. Thank you for tracking with us. And give God the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> give God a break. Allow him to be God in your life like I allowed him to be God in my life and to do great and mighty things. Uh, very quick, like yesterday we had a, a testimony time. Yesterday we had a, we did pancakes. Anna did about 30 pancakes and I took them to the park and we have recovery house. A bunch of girls come out, about 10, 12 of them. And then there's about 10 or 12 guys there that normally come. And we do the 12-step program in the park with no rent. We don't pay rent there. So I take about 30 cups of coffee. I make coffee, take the literature, and we run an organized uh, AA meeting there, 12-step meeting. The girls get Anna praise for the pancakes and so forth. The point I'm making, they all said thank you very much. The, the guys with a lot of time were blessed in their souls Anna prays for these. We pray for the coffee. We really, and Anna, um, at the end, everything was finishing up, and there was a guy with, kind of looked like Jesus. He could have been an angel, but he was filthy. He had a, a red beard, red hair, mm -hmm. and uh, he was walking with a, 
his his he had his roll bed roll and an extra jacket, you know, a robe that he sleeps in. And I and I he passed walking by and I asked him, "Would you like some coffee?" I yelled at him, and he looked at me. and goes, "Yeah." I says, "Come on down here." And then I, we were putting the pancakes away, and I I asked one of the guys, "Hey, see if there's any pancakes there for this guy. Give him some." He didn't ask me for any. I just said, "Let's just feed the guy." So he went in there and he got three, four pancakes left. We put them on the plate, and then I we, this is what I told the man. Here's the miracle. I told him, "Act like it's your birthday." And he looked at me, and then he said, as he was mixing his coffee, mm-hmm. he said, it's today, June the 3rd. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, I looked at the other guys, today's June the 3rd. And he goes, it is my birthday. Hallelujah. I love it. <laughs> you talk about a God shot. Yeah. And then I told him, see, God knows every intricate, yes, everything God. in your life that, that, that this happened. And I try to minister him, give him a book. He wouldn't take it. His name is Dean. I like to ask you to pray for Dean. Mm. You know, and he looks like he's been out there for years. He probably came out from the hills and stuff. He almost looked like John the Baptist. <laughs> you know, and very gentle, but wouldn't take any of my uh, uh, prisoner praise material. And uh, and I couldn't get the concept of thanking God for where he was in. But now I can do his pray Psalm 23 for him. Amen. Um, the reason I say that God knows, I've been in places where God knows and he always sends somebody. He, he promises, I will never leave you nor forsake Amen. you. Amen. Leave you alone. If you're thanking God for your situation and if I'm not in poor me or self-pity mode or always me, then God can work with us. Okay. Anyway, it happened to me. I can tell you again, it happened to me once. I was moved to a new place. It was my birthday. It was I'm singing songs to the Lord. I didn't want to go to work and sell real estate because it was boring. And I was praising the Lord, and there was a knock on the door. Nobody knew I had moved into a room rented in a house. It was, nothing was under my name. Mm. UPS there was a box, and it says this is for Fernando, and it was a... Fruitcake. Wow. <laughs> I said, wow. God has a sense of humor. I said, it had no return address to this day. I don't know who sent it, but it was my birthday, and I sat down wow, and said, God. thank you, God. for the, And wow. I tried to eat fruitcakes after that. It just didn't click. But <laughs> I bought one, and Anna took it back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> we wow. ain't going to eat is, that. That is a wonderful testimony. Wow. Thank you, God. And, and today, we ran into a homeless guy that I talked to him the other day to and a different guy, I told him to thank God for the for that he's out there in the cold. He goes, well, I have nothing to lose. Makes sense. A full circle. I told you earlier about him. And what was the miracle that happened today? After we talked to him, we ran into a lady crying on the curb with yes. another guy. Right. And apparently she's heartbroken. Yes. And she tells me, oh, I saw you last night. You, you barbecued a, a hot dog for me in the... I made about 35 hamburgers cooked and maybe 15 hot dogs, 20 hot dogs, to the AA 12-step meeting at the park. We feed the people. The group pays for it. Um, the point I'm making is we, we said to her, 
thank God for the problem. Thank God it'll culminate. You got to fight it. Thank God. And I felt something released. I felt something go as I told her to thank God for the alcohol, for her heartbroken, for everything. And then I told her we need a servant or act like a waitress come and help the elderly at the barbecue, see if they need coffee and so forth. So even give her a ministry, give her an idea. She connected with Anna, the wife. She's about 31 years old, a young lady. Please cover her in your prayers. Her name is Heather. Heather yes. I'd like to add to this. Uh, the even more amazing thing that happened is God is, is working all the time. And don't underestimate when you have a little thought in your head or a, just a, something that comes out of your mouth that he doesn't answer you because he will answer you. And um, the part uh, yesterday, like Fernando said, we have a Friday morning pancake um, breakfast that we do. Okay, then in the evening, we got to start preparing at 3 o'clock, loading up Fernando's truck for all this stuff. He takes over there for the barbecue, all the supplies that are needed, the meat, the bread, the utensils, the water, the coffee, the creamers. The condiments. Yeah, the condiments. The sliced yeah. slice yeah. onions, lettuce. Yes, tomato. And macaroni. And cheese. Yesterday was a, was a tough day for us. Not not tough day, but it was just a lot of work. So, you know, it started in the morning and we just stayed focused to, to get out there. Um, so... I'm sitting at the, I'm not sitting, I'm standing at the window and I'm washing, I'm cleaning up dishes again. This is like, a, you know, after a hard day's work of, of preparation. And the, and I'm asking God, Lord, are we making a difference? And, and that was all I wanted to know. And it, the amazing thing is this morning when we walked out, the, first of all, uh, Fernando has been inviting me to go out and walk early in the morning. And sometimes I just need the coffee and I just don't want to go. It's cold, whatever. I say no. But today he invited me. I said no. But then I felt like, yes, you got to go. So the Lord, it had to be the Lord impressing that. Get out there and go with him. He said, come on, 10 minutes. Okay. So I, I, I said, I'll go with you. And um, then... We met, ran into Ron, and that was very pleasant that we got to minister and talk to him. And, the homeless you know, guy. The homeless guy, Ron. Ron. He played yeah. guitar for us. Yes. And tears came to his eyes. Hurts were unraveling oh, when we were talking to him. Please keep him in prayer. Ron, yes. that's another third guy. Yeah. Uh, so we finished there with him. About a half hour we spent just, you know, working, talking to him uh, as a human being, not as somebody we're, that we're is. do for him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, somebody who's a human being we, we just treated him like a human being and you know <clears throat> we see the opportunity there to help him in a capacity that taking him to the to the laundromat get his clothes laundered we're gonna look around the house today and find some um you know shirts that that he can maybe wear shorts stuff that's gonna you know give him some clothing that he may need so anyways um you know we connected with him we're willing to you know do what we can to, to help him progress further. Uh, anyway, um, after that, Fernando said that we ran into a, a nice young lady named Heather. And we were walking by, and I could tell she was crying. Fernando just said hi, and she said hi to us. And, and then she said, aren't you the man who was cooking at the barbecue yesterday at the park? And Fernando said, yeah, yeah, I was there. So what's unusual about this is that uh, 
this morning I woke up asking Fernando questions like when you go to the park or you know how many people are hurting how many people are you are you you know that come to the park that needs sobriety or whatever and he said oh, mostly old timers I said so you guys go and you fellowship and you you fellowship and you um, stay sober by you know getting together you listen to a speaker their testimony it keeps you moving forward in your journey of sobriety and I was just trying to understand like you know is this be, is this helping people when we do when we're doing the work on Friday to get the barbecue set up and all that kind of stuff because that's what I asked God yesterday so this morning I was asking Fernando and so the minute she said aren't you the guy that was cooking yesterday I just about wow I was like God you're going to answer me yeah, because she said that the minute we were turning the corner before she, before we even passed by her, she felt something, which I believe is, you know, some, a peaceful presence coming forward. And um, she said, you, you were cooking, making hamburgers, the food was good. Uh, wow. And she was like amazed about the meeting and the people that were there. And she had actually come with somebody. But the point is that um, here's a hurting soul. She, I mean, how is it? We were there at the right time. Okay, first of all, I wasn't going to go with Fernando. That's one thing. And as we finished, I got my answer. God said, yep, you're, you're, you're making a difference. Because she saw what was going on in the park. And she, she wants to make changes in her life. And we got the opportunity to, to you know, minister to her about thanking God for her situation we got some other nuggets in there that we imparted to her. And it was just, I was amazed. Like, God, you answered my my question. But Fernando didn't know that part until I explained to him what I was doing at the window yesterday. So that's the testimony. The testimony is even a small little thought reaches God. Okay, the details of what we, he knows all we're thinking. But just I vocalized a concern you know after all this hard work I'm tired Lord is this making a difference and the answer to that I got this morning was yes it is very strong because it made an impression on this young young girl who want a uh, young lady who wants to um, you know make changes and, and and have a better life and so we we got that opportunity to minister today and she said she felt peace she felt way better after we talked to her and Fernando had just declared something over her and and it's just you know people are going to cross our paths we want to be ready ready to bring the new good news forth ready to be an encourager ready not to condemn others or judge others by how they look or where they live or you know what what their what the addiction is or whatever we're we got to be armed and ready with the word of god and to impart grace to those that are going to hear us and as it says in ephesians 4 29 you know, when we when we speak encouragement over somebody, we make a declaration, we make a decree over that person. You know, we're telling heaven, you know, this is the word of God and come down on that person to be healed in Jesus name. Anyway, that was that was our testimony. And that's a pretty, pretty cool testimony. So I'm encouraged by by that today that God is always listening and he's there and he's empowering us to to, to bring forth and teach others the word of God and to 
to see the abundant life on earth as it is in heaven. Let your, we always say, let your kingdom come, Lord, on earth as it is in heaven. We call it forth in the name of Jesus. And, and wow, it's just a wow God moment. Thank you, everyone, for coming on. May the Lord bless you. We're out of time. We're out of time, Anna. A oh, whole wow. hour. Boy, oh. that went by fast, huh? Yeah. Oof. I didn't expect it. <laughs> <laughs> but it just comes out. I can't stop myself. Lord. Thank you so much, everyone. We love you. Yes. May the we blessing of the Lord, Lord be upon you. you. We, we bless you in the name, name of the Lord. Lord. Jesus Christ. Amen. Go out Amen. and conquer, family. Amen. Be excited. You are making a difference. Yes. You are making a difference. Yes. Amen. Amen. Don't let those feelings are not the truth. The truth is God loves you. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. I'll always keep you by my side. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Wow, babe. That was good.